there's always a story behind the data. We like our reps to really own that story. That it starts with really the transparency into their own just stats and, and kind of overall pipeline makeup. But I think oftentimes we kind of shield our reps from that because we don't want to paralyze them with the data. But I found that when I talk to reps, they're, they're you know, oftentimes fascinated by their own sort of small business profile that I can kind of put together for them at a sort of, you know, maybe not at the team level. They're not interested at the, you know, the big data metrics, but for them themselves, those little nuggets they can pull out of their pipeline or, you know, kind of things that, you know, they can take from sort of strength from, you know, job to job or from role to role, I think are our big highlights that we can key on from the data. And I always like to get the most out of the, them by um, providing sort of that, uh, that nugget of value for them at the end of the user level as well. This is Sales Ops Demystified the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales ops onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by EBSA, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement and is sponsored by the Global Sales Operations Association and the UK Revenue Operations Network. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today, we're joined by Demar Amaka. Demar, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Demar, thank you so much for joining. Today, I want to cover the kind of past sales ops history, um, specifically over the past like three to five years. I know today we're currently Director of Revenue Operations at Zift Solutions. Um, but I want to go right back to the start, actually, the first time you kind of made the decision to go into sales or, or RevOps, uh, A, when was that? And B, why did you make that decision? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question because I, uh, I didn't take the traditional, I think, path that, that most people do to, to sales ops. I didn't major in anything sales ops related in college. You know, I didn't have a finance or sort of you know, you know, revenue kind of background. Uh, in that regard, uh, but I actually uh, started in inside sales. Uh, that was my first job uh, in, in a revenue kind of facing organization uh, in professional sports uh, of all places. So I uh, got my my start with the inside sales program uh, at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, was you know selling everything from premium single game to you know, season tickets. Uh, realized very quickly that I, you know, as much as I love the sales culture, I wasn't really poised for the ups and downs kind of, of, of sales, you know, as a, as a seller myself. So I, I, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of dug deep and, you know, looked around the organization and, and felt, you know, where can I apply my skills that I've developed here on the sales team elsewhere? And I looked at projects that I'd taken on while I was a seller. Uh, working closely with our sales management on, you know, how can we make our sales team more efficient? Working closely with our, our then sort of head of, you know, CRM at that time when I was with 
uh, with the, the Diamondbacks, and you know, he was he was uh, more than you know happy to you know, interview me whenever he opened up his uh, position on his staff. Uh, first kind of hire out of the inside sales program, which they had all, always used as a sort of bullpen for you know advanced sort of sales talent. So as they're building up their account executives and you know their their customer you know service and sort of you know account management team, uh, they looked internally to inside sales and looked at you know those folks as you know those you know first SDRs you know that we had. Uh, you know, in the organization as the best place as a feeding ground for, you know, the, the next sort of step, you know, with, you know, within the internal organization. And, uh, this is the first time that, you know, it happened to be me, uh, that, that went the sort of sales ops direction. And, and I didn't look back. I, I've always, you know, been very close to sales and, and always been very close to, uh, you know, the revenue organization, but always more from that supportive, uh, and sort of, you know, process driven, um, you know, kind of, uh, in the background, uh, lens. Got it. And how important do you think that initial sales experience has been in the past? Say, I think it's four, six to seven years you've been in sales slash RevOps. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely been, uh, a huge, uh, aspect of how I empathize with my end customer oftentimes, which is, you know, the, that salesperson or, or, you know, the, you know, the, the person that's, uh, I mean, managing accounts or, or whatever it may be. Uh, I oftentimes have to put myself in their shoes. And if I hadn't had that experience as a, you know, sort of full service, full menu, uh, seller and account manager, you know, early in my career, I wouldn't have been able to, to really go through what they've gone through. Uh, both from a sort of smiling and dialing and, and, you know, just, you know, kind of, you know, not the best sort of, you know, old school sales practices and finding better ways to, you know, to really capitalize on, you know, on their time and, and energy. Uh, but also from like that morale, right? You know, what really motivates a salesperson and how, you know, each salesperson has a different sales, uh, kind of career path. And if you don't really, you know, look at that and, and understand that you're not empathizing with, with them as a person, uh, you're going to really uh, have a lot of, you know, a lot more turnover in your sales organization. I think that's uh, something that I've, you know, kind of uh, excelled at throughout my career is just sort of empathizing with that, with that end seller. Got in. What does motivate a salesperson? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of things, right? It's, it's sales, you know, kind of uh, trajectory. I think it's a lot of time it's, you know, it's, it's you know, the age old you know, answer of, of, you know, money in their pocket. But, you know, I think it's also, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, freedom and, and, you know, the ability to, to really control their destiny and, and clarity and transparency throughout the organization. So I think the things that, you know, I, you know, I find, you know, time and time again are priorities for, for my sellers, uh, are, are just, you know, kind of human nature of, you know, you know, they're straight shooters. They just want to, you know, you know, want to know what's, you know, uh, you know, what their targets are. Uh, but they also want to, you know, have a clear path of sort of, Growth within the, the the company as well, whether that be as a senior seller or or as a you know kind of the management track or you know, you know something else you know account management related you know outside of the sort of direct selling uh, world as well. But just having being open to sort of their their desires and having that sort of two way street makes total sense. And on the note of like metrics etc. and ensuring that salespeople know like where they stand in the organization, you mentioned that. In a previous role, this is a core software. Um, you developed and distributed sales dashboards with KPIs um, for sales management. What do you think over like your whole sales ops career has been one of the most uh, insightful or useful 
sales metrics to track? You know, I think for me, uh, being able to track sort of sentiment on on calls that we use, uh, we we use Chorus uh, AI, and that's that's a, a platform that I, I believe you know um, you know heavily in. Uh, I think understanding and being able to you know uh, use data to to coach and you know train up, especially from a uh, an education at the you know you know different st- stages in the sales cycle, understanding. Um, you know, best practices, you know, and, and having this library of content to, to, to go back to. Um, I think, you know, understanding, uh, you know, what truly leads to a, to a win. Um, and, you know, it's very subjective oftentimes, you know, uh, from a, a, an overall sort of, you know, beginning of sales cycle to end of sales cycle. But I think the, the one of the metrics that I always kind of, you know, tie back to is, uh, you know, Time to close. You know how you know how long are deals kind of, you know going you know through that person's sales cycle, um, and you know who are who who are the best people at sort of pushing deals forward. Um, and I have that as one of my metrics on my dashboard. Is, is you know uh, you know what is the sort of average sales cycle and how you know how does you know that salesperson measure up to that? Because obviously sales velocity is is obviously a you know, a big thing when we're we're talking to sort of you know the board metrics and and, and looking to sort of how do we uh, how do we make sure that you know we're we're always uh, you know driving more pipeline and you know at the end of the day you know uh, shortening time to sale. Sure. And if let's say we see a rep who is like in the bottom twenty five percent in terms of time to close, what like how would you address that situation? Uh, what would you say to the rep and what would you like? encourage them to work on? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we, we definitely have a, a, a very sort of enterprise-driven uh, kind of uh, customer, uh, ideal customer profile. So, you know, we like to look at sort of what the mix of, of that, that pipeline is. We realize, you know, the tier three, you know, we call them or sort of, you know, more small, you know, small business, you know, uh, mid-market deals. Are going to move faster, but you know we, we like to look at what that mix is and see, um, you know, are they big chunky deals that are taking you know more on the, the larger you know side of our sales cycle? If if not that if if that's the case, we can we can clearly justify it. But it, there's always a story behind the data, and I, we like our our reps to really own that story. Uh, but that starts starts with really the transparency into their own you know kind of. Uh, just stats and and kind of uh, overall pipeline makeup, but you know it, I think oftentimes we 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 kind of shield our reps from that because we don't want to paralyze them with the data. But I found that you know when when I talk to reps, they're they're you know, oftentimes fascinated by their own sort of small business profile that I can kind of put together for them at a sort of you know maybe not at the team level, they're not interested at the you know the big data metrics, but for them themselves, those little nuggets they can pull out of their pipeline. Or you know, kind of things that you know they can take from sort of strength uh, from you know job to job, or you know from uh, from role to role. I think are our big, big uh, kind of um, highlights that we can you know uh, key on from the data. And I always like to you know get get the most out of you know the, them by um, providing sort of that uh, that nugget of you know uh, value uh, for, for them at the end of the user level as well. Got it. Let's zoom in now as if to solutions. Um, just for the benefit of the audience, roughly what size uh, sales team do we have? And then also what uh, like the sales ops slash rev ops team slash resources that you're working with? 
Yeah, so I am really a kind of a team of of one as far as the the RevOps uh, kind of uh, landscape. Um, definitely going to be building out that that team and function. You know, I you know only been in the role about uh, a month and a half or so, so relatively new to my, to my role at, at Zift. Uh, but but the the larger you know kind of sales and and you know account management org is is roughly uh, twenty five to thirty people, um, and then. Um, we have uh, I oversee our our SDR business development team, uh, which is sitting at roughly three today. So a little bit of a hybrid kind of you know uh, role in, in my function as well. Awesome. And since joining, what has been like? Well, I know when you join new businesses in senior positions, there's like an avalanche of stuff you have to try and understand. But have you been able to actually implement or make any changes since joining that have had a, a significant impact on the sales force? Yeah, so my my immediate goal when I got here was to get as many of the sort of leadership team folks as I could off of their spreadsheets. You know, it's very siloed, kind of uh, disorganized, kind of sense of um, you know the truth, you know, source of truth of data, right? Because you're, you're you know you have I like to look at it this way, and I have this dashboard over here, and you know I like I have this export that I'm using here, and really kind of just. Coming back to a sense of source of truth, being Salesforce, and really, you know, being that sort of uh, you know internal champion for Salesforce that that was lacking, I think, for for a while. Um, but also, I think for me, uh, I implemented, you know, from from a Salesforce perspective, the uh, the forecasting module, uh, and we've seen some some uplift with, with that. So just you know, bringing some of the um, Unused features of our existing tech stack uh, to life, um, just with my you know my you know background and expertise in, in you know implementation of, of those you know those uh, features uh, has has already sort of you know seen uh, seen some some growth and, and uplift already. Bringing features to life sounds like a solid start. For the rest of 2021, what are you going to be focused on from a sales ops slash RevOps perspective? So we uh, we bought the the Salesforce CPQ uh, sort of tool uh, a few months ago before my my arrival. Um, there was some implementation done on that, but really want to align a lot of our business sort of processes around uh, that beefed up uh, version of of Salesforce's you know, kind of CPQ model, uh, where we're really pumping a lot of our quotes and order forms and a lot of the content that's marketing sort of. Uh, you know, sponsored with logos and you know very you know moving away from that sort of proposal deck that's sort of uh, an ein, you know uh, sort of uh, a Frankenstein you know of uh, you know cut and paste and whatever just really something clean that you know like like when you get something from from a, a, a you know respectable you know tech vendor what it, what does it look like from a quote standpoint or from a SOW standpoint or from uh, in order form standpoint, you know, just you know, making sure that you know it's all buttoned up from our terms and conditions and 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 all of that stuff, just making lives you know easier for you know everyone uh, from the top of the you know you know food chain all the way down from you know to our implementation folks who are you know really driving the you know the product home at the end of the day, uh, making sure there's clarity there and, and really aligning you know all of all of the the you know, sides of the business. Perfect. Who's going to be the first RevOps hire? Oh, it'll. Oh, that that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think for me, as I, you know, as I, you know, oversee, you know, more of, you know, the the, the business development side of things, I think really someone that's, you know, kind of 
administrating day to day, kind of taking the load off, you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a sales ops manager number two, right? I'm, uh, I report directly to our CRO. Uh, and I, I try to be a force multiplier for for her as much as I possibly can. You know, being able to sit in on meetings that you know maybe you know she you know would take you know take her time um, you know unnecessarily, uh, kind of serving as that buffer for her. So someone that could you know kind of do that for for me, you know, serving as that sort of number two buffer uh, that has you know some you know sales ops experience, um, but also looking to uh, to really you know make a name and leave a legacy from a sales ops perspective as well. Makes total sense. Uh, for like having somebody come come in and take on like the baseline work, so that you can then be more strategic, and that also feeds up to the CRO, right? Then you can take more of the CRO's work, and then she can be more strategic. So that makes total sense. Whenever you have a job description, ping it over to us, and we'll add it to the show notes of this episode in case anybody is listening and is interested in joining you. Um, now the final and probably most important question of the interview is who in the world of RevOps, would you most like to take for lunch? Oh man, that's, that's tough. Uh, but the, there's a guy that, that's doing a lot of uh, really, uh, you know, putting a lot, a lot of content out there. You know, I'd love to get his name out there. Jordan Henderson uh, over at, uh, at Ring Central. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely a leader, I think, in the space from a content perspective and always sharing a lot of great um, insights and, you know, would love to, to sit down and just pick his brain on, you know, everything that he's doing. Appreciate, uh, you know, all the content he puts out and would love to, like I said, pick his brain. Awesome. We will, we'll reach out to Jordan and see if he wants to jump on. Dima, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for, um, sharing the kind of journey you're going through at a, of an early stage ish edition to an existing sales team. Um, sounds like obviously you're doing an awesome job and the sales ops and the sales team is going to be growing over the coming months and years. So thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom. Of course, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.